That is the ladies' room, Britta. A place where ladies go to share, listen, support each other, and discreetly eliminate waste. And I like it too. Even like it's a little hard. But if you can't learn to be soft in there, you need to pee alone. Good morning, Greendale. I'm Mike. I'm Ben. And these are your morning announcements. Today, we're talking about Community Season 1, Episode 6, Football, Feminism, and You. One of my favorite topics to talk about, football. Did you know that the Jaguars were bad, Ben? Here we go. (laughs) So, those of you, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it on a previous uh, episode of, of Good Morning Greendale, but I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. I don't know if I've described it. I know I described it on our previous podcast, Back to the Futurama. A lot. Uh, yes, that's fair. But I chose them when I was eight because I liked the color teal. I mean, I can't argue with that. That's fair. I've ben got is a showing teal me... uh, iPad case yes. for my iPad that I have all my notes on. So, so. so yes, uh, when I think of football, I think happiness because sometimes the Jags... Uh, very rarely the Jags are good, and then mostly sadness because most of the time Jaguars are just garbage. My only reference is Bortles. Yep, because that's a good place reference. And Jake Jordles. Jake Jordles. So that's it. That's all I've got. I've always felt kind of seen by the good place because of this like dedication to this team that just does not care about me in the slightest. They don't care so much. They don't want to win. Uh, I have no follow-up because as previously discussed, everyone is two community characters and Troy is not one of my characters. Although we could talk about it if you'd like. I I think we've, have we gotten closer into the enough to talk about your theory of everyone is a mix of two or are we not Well, so while I was watching the episode today, you did, you did decide who your second character is. I believe it became quite apparent of who I am. I was always pretty sure I was half Troy, mm-hmm. as we all hope to be, I think. Uh, you know what? I'll take that back. You never know. I don't know how people want to be. But I realized who my other half is, and it's the Dean. <laughs> and I don't know what that says about me, other than the fact that I'm very um, um, energetic, I guess. Yes. But also, when people make fun of my job, I get angry. I guess. Is that is that the thing that pushed you over the edge? Of... I don't know. I just I just know that the Dean goes some places later on, and I don't want to do any spoilers, but I'm concerned. <laughs> um, yes. I mean, I think even talking in season one about, like, you know, my theory on everybody is two community characters, just relying on season one. Even by the end of season one, all the characters still have some places to go. That is true. <laughs> so, no, you just, I just think it was funny that, because uh, you came over a little early and so I was still taking notes and you were just like, I just figured it out. I'm the Dean. <laughs> like uh, Kramer coming in in the episode of the contest where he slides in and he's like, I'm out. But it's like you being like, I'm the Dean. The only Seinfeld episode we ever <laughs> mentioned on this television show. Hey, last time... It was a Patreon exclusive. 
But and it, it led to some matter. wild things. It, we it did, <laughs> but it does not matter. We will only reference that specific episode. Apparently so. Except I already referenced the one about Desperado, so I figured it was the same one to fit with the theme. All Seinfeld episodes are the same, basically. I, I bet if you, uh, I bet somebody's already done this, but if you feed Seinfeld episodes to an AI, it'll generate basically another Seinfeld episode that is probably the same quality as the rest of them. Okay, I right now I'm going to a tool called Talk to Transformer. Oh boy, I, I I've given you an on ramp onto one of your favorite things, haven't I? Yes, scene, Jerry's apartment. Oh, this is gonna be Jerry excellent. Seinfeld is talking on the phone with his mother. If you want me to do another one of Kramer the voices, let me know. Enters, sliding into the room. The audience applauds. Generate. Okay. The rest of the scene. I, this sometimes goes really badly. So. <laughs> so we're putting trust into this one. Kramer says, Mom, it's a hoot. Kramer walks over to Jerry and flips off the TV. <laughs> Kramer bad boy attitude. Kramer continues. Listen to this. The crew is working on the set of The Phantom, where Chris Rock is still scheduled to play. Wait, he was, wait Chris Rock it was still scheduled? Yes. Get with the program. Jerry says, do you know what this is? Kramer turns to Jerry and demands to know what he's talking about. <laughs> Jerry spins his body around and aims his lighter at Kramer. Whoa! Jerry says, Fire. Kramer looks on in disbelief. <laughs> I like how Kramer is split into two. One Kramer is being threatened and the other Kramer is being... It's just so surprised by this. Um, so there we go. I like how the AI was like, I gotta have a third character in here. Just duplicate the other one. It's fine. Uh, so I'm in a Frasier meme group. Yep. And I have generated so many fake Frasier scripts. Uh, it is becoming a, a problem in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what they say? Well, first, this is an intervention. This is why I brought this to you today. But the first thing you have to do is admit the problem. There is another tool called Write with Transformer that uses the same algorithm. Okay. So you write a bit and then you tell it to write more. Um, and you can pick from a couple of different possibilities. Sure. So you kind of guide it along. Yeah. Uh, but I used that to write a four-page script about a Frasier reboot where Frasier is a ghost who helps the bassist from Fallout Boy, Pete Wentz, solve crimes. It kicks ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I figure that last statement, I was pretty, pretty sure it did kick said ass. And then you just kind of hammered it home of, yes, it, it does indeed kick that ass. Um... I did not expect this to go into my hobby of using AI to generate really bad scripts, but um, but here we are. But here we are on our community podcast. As you could probably tell, we watch an episode of Community and talk about it. We should probably talk about Community now. Probably. Otherwise, I'm going to be here talking about really poorly AI written scripts for things. Let's that I've, let's just I've made. do one of Community and go from there. You want me to do one for a community right now? Because otherwise we're going to get people on Twitter being like, why didn't you use it for a community? And I agree with them. We need to get at least one 
with with some of our community favorites. Scene. Study room. Jeff Winger walks in. And apparently my scripts always start with somebody walking in. I mean, how do you start the action? Jeff Winger walks in and greets the study group heartily. Britta rolls her eyes. <laughs> Classic Britta. Abed makes a reference to Fraser. Gotta I think what's ac- accidentally gonna happen is Fraser's gonna become a character in this scene. And <laughs> Troy says, comma, and now generate text. Now I have to do a, a captcha because it thinks I'm a bot. <laughs> the tables have turned. They've turned so fast. This is the worst podcast uh, <laughs> I've ever done. I mean, we have so many of those. Troy says, that was in season three. <laughs> Scene, The Office. Chet, the call- office. <laughs> Chet calls and Jeff comes out cheerily. Jeff is very, very happy about him choosing them. <laughs> Britta asks him if he sees it as a win or a loss. Jeff gets defensive and says they got a lot of work done, especially when they are doing successful things, like, <laughs> like getting documents off of Mr. Schur's desk. <laughs> what are these characters? It's Korean. Chet and Mr. Schur. What's going on? Jeff thinks he and Annie are turning into the same person. <laughs> I'd like to point out Annie was not mentioned in my prompt. That's so true. this thing it knows did, some things. It did figure out Annie, which is good. Troy offers Jeff to meet him at Annie's mom's house. Annie is too busy to say anything. <laughs> what is she busy with? It doesn't say. That is that is a classic community script right there. Classic. Annie's busy. Jeff is talking nonsense. Chet and Mr. Sure are there. They're taking things off of Mr. Sure's desk phenomenal season one episode six football <laughs> feminism and you a real episode we start with not chet. written by bots <laughs> chet walks into the study room to be fair i will say that this episode does start with everyone walking into the study room except for troy and annie see it's it's perfect it, it's how every script has to start somebody has to walk in how do you how do you get to a place you got to start somewhere annie is helping troy study for astronomy she's you know she's kind of prompting him on questions and and he's he seems to be doing pretty well like it takes him a moment but he seems to be getting it sure yeah um this is whenever everyone else comes in and starts making jokes about black holes including pierce who misdirects and says oh we're um, everyone should know about sagittarius a which is i'm surprised pierce knows about sagittarius a yeah it's a legitimate black hole and not a crude discussion of you know what other things a black hole could be. Mm-hmm. Because Shirley definitely gives him a look. I mean, it's Pierce. It's I would also, have given him the same look. Oh, sure. It is a fair look to give. But then it's the misdirect. And then he uh, Pierce also makes a joke about how dense his, his wiener is. This causes Troy and Pierce to bond somewhat. Because they're at heart, they are both 12-year-old boys. And Abed narrates this. The Dean shows up at this point... Um, not with Chet or Mr. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe Chet and Mr. Sure are alter egos of the Dean. Maybe. The Ooh. Dean shows up, um, and he announces very awkwardly, uh, just, he's like, oh my, there's just one of every kind of you isn't there. Oh, it's so, oh, this whole episode is going to be awkward from that point of view. 
It is. Also, reminder, you declared during this episode the Dean is your other <laughs> No, it character. wasn't about that. It's more about the awkwardness. Oh, I'm just I'm just saying. All right, fair. I, at least I'm not a Pierce. Because again, the Dean, the character, it gets to be a treasure. I I guess it doesn't start out that way. I do I mean I I, I don't think I've said it on this podcast yet, but um there was very much a specific uh, desire to have a very diverse cast in this. Mm-hmm. In this, um, they went out of their way to actually get a lot of different um, uh, different races and genders and, and sure. all of that. And in fact, Annie's character was originally scripted to be a Latina woman. Oh, uh, but they just liked Alison Brie so much, which I get because she is a treasure. She is a treasure. Yes. Even though now I can only hear her character from BoJack Horseman in my head because she voices Diane Nguyen and uh, I can't not hear it now. Anyways, yes, the Dean comes in and he's, he, he says there's one of every kind of you. Pierce says like... He's like bullying the Dean. Right. He, first of all, he's been going to the school for ages. Yeah. And he has no idea who the Dean is. Who he says... He interacted with last week. <laughs> It's true. He did. I, I don't think that's Pierce not being uh, with it. I think that is a weird production change. It's true. If you look at the production codes on um, the Wikipedia article list of community episodes, a thing I reference every week when I post these episodes because I can't remember the titles <laughs> of these things. If you look at the, the list... Um, the production codes are all out of order. Sure. That, um, that makes sense. So in the fiction of the show, I don't know how much in these early episodes continuity was specifically important. I mean, I think they wrote it in, but they didn't care when they slotted right. it in. It feels very like early Fox show <laughs> to me of like, eh, just throw it wherever. And I put it on Monday nights, th- so the, show the fifth episode first, show the ninth episode second, show the first episode third. Yeah, yeah. You did it. Good did. job. Why is this show canceled? Weird. Everybody hates Firefly, I guess. Westerns. They're so out of date. Anyways, moving on. Here's 40 seasons of Family Guy. But first, let's cancel that and then bring it back. Nailed it. Why Why aren't we Fox executives? Because we could be doing that job. We know the algorithm that they care about. Pierce says, uh, well, we are missing a pipsqueak. We just don't want one. Such a wild energy to come to bring to this. They're like, dude, that's the dean. Like, the dean of the school. And... uh, So wild. I don't remember exactly how the dean gets onto it, but he's like, oh, you know, I just kind of roll around the school like a football. What a coincidence. I was just having a conversation about football. Troy, did you know we have a football team? Well, honestly... Footballs don't roll that well. They're they're uh, they're oblong. They they're difficult to roll. They're not uh, spheres. They're difficult. Thank you for that sports update You're for welcome. those of us who don't do sports. <laughs> this has been Mike from the sports desk. Yeah, that th- he's he's basically coming in with an agenda on this discussion. Oh, absolutely. Um. So yeah, he's trying to get Troy to to play on the Greendale football team, who's named the Human Beings. They used to be the Grizzlies, but. He, uh, the dean was worried that a lot of the students have been called animals their whole lives. I, I don't know why, but I really love that line. It's th- this episode is all kind of fraught with some 
landmines. It it goes some places. It goes some places. So here we are, two white guys talking about oh, it. Oh yeah, perfect. Nailed it. Perfect. In, so, in Portland. Yes, the team's name is the human beings. The dean doesn't really know how to make a mascot out of human beings. Sure. Uh, this is when Pierce offers to help because of his work in icon development and Y2K preparedness. It's important. As an aside, I watched a whole YouTube thing about Y2K, and then out of the blue, I was like, I need to get a whole bunch of Y2K compliance stickers and just stick them on everything. <laughs> because if it's here, in, it was. In the year 2020, it is so far beyond ironic yeah. that it is straight up ignorable. And for some reason, that's my aesthetic. I feel like if you get a sticker that says year uh, 2038 compliant, that would be just the right Too aesthetic real. for us. Well, that's also fair. So... I like how we're just going to breeze by that. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, I guess Google it. I don't. I mean, I know what it is and I don't want to think about it. No, I'm talking to our audience. I know you know what it is. I know you're worried about it. We're, I'm worried about it, too. Annie insists to the dean that Troy is not interested in football. I don't remember her specific reasons as to why. But, yeah. But she... I mean, I know what her reasons are. She's in love with Troy. Yeah, the re- the unspoken reason is the love for Troy. Um, Troy agrees because he's like, I went out on top. The dean says, well, you know, just think about it. We could use a, a star quarterback from Riverside mm-hmm. High like yourself. Uh, field is always open. You know, metaphorically, because really on Wednesdays and Sundays, it's overflow parking for the mega church. I love it. I love the world building here. I feel like we we get introduced to uh, to Greendale as a character in this episode. Yes, because we have known for many episodes now that Greendale's not a great school. I mean, Jeff always talks it down. Professor Duncan always talks it down. Um, the dean is in this episode a lot is saying it will finally turn us around. But I feel like. Here is where we're just like, oh, yeah, no, look at this school and the people who come here. It's kind of a mess. Yeah. No, it it totally is a mess. Shirley, at this point, needs to use the restroom and asks Britta if she would like to come with her. And Britta is just like, no, I don't need to go. And he's like, oh, uh, uh, I'll come. Jeff is like, hey, girls like go in groups. Did you learn nothing from stand up comics in the 90s? Which you got a kick out of. I did. I enjoyed um, yeah, Brit, Brit is kind of surprised that Shirley's offended. Um, and Brit is like, I-, I guess I'll go with her next time. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm willing to try some mainstream feminine stuff. I don't know why, but I really like Britta saying the phrase mainstream feminine stuff. Like just that she is so out of touch. Yeah. I mean, um, I think it makes sense with the character to be out of touch with pretty much everything. Yeah, it's true. She's, I mean, she is out of touch with pretty much everything. She's like so. stuck out of time somehow. I don't understand her. They, they're kind of arguing and Abed's like, will they or won't they? Sexual tension. And Jeff's like, you know, everybody's uncomfortable when you do that. He says, he says something really meta um, where he's like, I mean, that's kind of my thing, yeah. but you know, we, we leaned on it pretty hard last week. I'll lay low for this episode. And it's like. There you go, Abed. I mean, sure is. enough, later on, he's walking in the the cafeteria and he's just he kind of nods. And so and she's like, oh, he's he's laying low for a while. Yeah. So, you know, he holds true. It's true. That's the thing you I like about Abed. He holds true 
to his word. Yeah. I this is not my favorite Abed laying low episode. I'll just say that. Um, because there's a better one out there, I think. Sure. Um that being said, I was like a hundred percent like, oh, this is the one where oh wait, it's not. Let down. I know. Let down. But I think it's still good that he do does that uh the Abed episode lay low for this episode we did it last week thing i really like that i mean i feel like the thing about this specific cast of characters as well is that you've got so many characters Mm -hmm. but you've also got an odd number of characters sure so i feel like it's very easy to sort of split off characters into groups yeah and I feel like a lot of times it leaves somebody out. Like we noted kind of early on, like there's an episode where Shirley says like three lines and then she's gone the rest of the episode. That's true. And so I feel like Abed specifically choosing to lay low for an episode is a really interesting meta choice because it's like, oh yeah, no, we've got to have somebody. Yeah. It's got to be somebody's turn to lay low. Yeah, because because he 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 uh, probably wouldn't work with his own single storyline if there's not another character in it like Leonard or something, because there's basically two storylines in this episode, um, the Britta Shirley storyline, which is kind of by itself for a while, and then everybody else's storyline. So Pierce, the Dean, Jeff, uh, Annie, Troy, that whole thing is kind of intertangled. So there's not really much of a place for Abed to be in. And but he yeah. knows it. And he's willing He's willing to step back and be like, this isn't an Abed episode. Right. Not everybody's willing to do that, even in real life. It's true. Sometimes when I'm on the podcast, I'm like, no, I'm not standing in the background this time. I'm talking a lot. Uh, I mean, we would need more people. Otherwise, it's just me monologuing about Frasier scripts. I had a AI bot. Right. Sure. I mean, that could also be its own podcast. I mean, look, I will dig out that Fraser script if you want to read it. Um, that could be a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> later on at the trophy case, uh, they're talking... <laughs> the trophy case? That's what they're. That's where they are. No, no, I just love the gag that they do. It's like, look, oh, okay. Greendale must have won something. Most valuable customer from Henderson's trophy cases. Greendale does not really have much in the way of trophies. It's only got that one that you just said. Uh-huh. Which I feel like is kind of a cop-out. It's not even a participation trophy. Mm. It's a, we've spent a lot of money at your store trophy. Sure. And, you know, I I don't think it's cop-out. If you think about the way that the Dean in previous episodes and probably more later episodes deals with um, Britta at at the $6,000 table. Like, he is trying to spend money to get people to care about his school. I guess. I was going to say, it doesn't. I don't feel like they've got a lot of trophy cases, but maybe that is just one really expensive trophy case. I think it's just one really... How t- much do you think the Dean spent on that trophy case? At least $10,000. Damn. I mean, have you looked at that wood? It looks like very good wood. That's what she said. Yes, uh, it is. Uh, but no, I, I really think that he like got all the bells and whistles... On the trophy case, because, you know, that's what they come with, bells and whistles, and then has not had any sports success to do that. He he put the cart before the horse. As he often does. The $10,000 cart before the dead horse. Uh-huh. Yeah. He Or a non-existent horse. A ghost horse. I think we've done this gag before. I think we're just stealing 
uh, my brother, my brother and me bits now. Well, we do that horses. as well. Meanwhile, uh, or no, in that same scene, we went on a whole thing about that. We got to talk case. about this trophy case. Uh, this podcast is now dedicated to Greendale's trophy case. <laughs> Actually, I kind of love that. Annie is saying... So we should still study a little more astronomy later, right? Maybe over some Milky Ways or some Mars bars. Or pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite missing the points ever. The thing I love about Troy as a character is that he just... He has so much enthusiasm. Uh Uh-huh. And he just... He can't hide it. It's true. There is something to be said for uh, somebody who's just like, or pancakes, because pancakes kick ass. They do. I agree with that. Jeff notices that his face is on a Greendale poster. Says, I'm Jeff, and I'm a student at Greendale. Also, this poster sucks. (laughs) It's very bad. (laughs) Uh, It's just four disembodied heads and the logo of Greendale. Would you go to a school of disembodied heads? Go. So, I think that it would, it, it depends on if it's just a poster design or if it's really a, like Gringle Grob's school for disembodied heads. Okay, so, if it was just a poster, would you go to that school? No, it's bad poster design. Would you go to Gringle Grob's school for disembodied heads? I'd consider it. it they have a good lineage. Uh-huh. I mean, they they really do. It's a classic. It's a classic it's institution, institution. Uh-huh. Uh, of of higher learning. Literally higher because they're disembodied heads. Um and they're floating. I'm guessing that's just my assumption. <laughs> um but yeah, like y- 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 when you get a chance <laughs> to go there, if they say yes to you, it's it's hard to say no back. Mm-hmm. It's in a very expensive school and very it's prestigious. it's prestigious. It's hard to get into, but if you can do it, more power to it's you. True. Later on in class, because I'm not going to go on this tangent any longer. <laughs> um, tangent complete. Pulled the emergency brake and the ripcord. They're in class and a phone goes off and the teacher gets really mad and then it turns out to be her own phone. Yeah. Which is an interesting... It's an interesting bit because it does not feel very connected to the rest of the episode. I mean, maybe I, f- I feel like maybe they're trying to, to be like, oh, yeah, Greendale kind of sucks. But like compared to Senor Chang, like it's, this is nothing. Yeah. But the fact that she basically has a conversation and then yells at people for not bringing pens to class as she needs to write something down. Compared to Senor well, Chang. Yes, everything compared to Senor Chang looks competent. Hasta luego. 90% of Spanish is using your hands. I get it. I will it. never get over that joke. So <laughs> it's fine. This is when Britta invites Shirley to go to the bathroom with her. Uh, Shirley's complaining about somebody stealing her parking place. And basically Britta just sides with the other person. Right. Because Britta's like, oh, well, maybe he didn't see your uh, turn signal as well. Like she's immediately just playing devil's advocate. And mm. um, also, Shirley starts talking about how her mom's going to be in town, and so they're going to go get makeovers. Britta, in classic Britta formats, like, oh, yeah, let's go be robots and get all dolled up for men. Right. Beep, borp, bleep, blorp. Uh, sh- she also, before they have the discussions of, of pleasure robots and what have you, uh, Shirley's like, do you have any family? And Britta's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, she's, she's like, whoa. She is not interested 
in this conversation. She is missing the entire point of ladies' bathroom time. Yeah, it's it's like she doesn't know how to bond with anyone. Because you could have that. You could have that. Do you have any family conversation? Wherever it doesn't need to be in the bathroom. Most of the time, people are looking for more than yeah, whatever. I literally wrote down in my notes where she says fart. Yeah, whatever. I just said fart noise. <laughs> Because I'm like, come on. I mean, they are in a bathroom. That's true. Um, but Where yeah. do you think fart noises happen? We, honestly, with me? Anywhere I am. <laughs> oh, good. That's what I want to hear when I'm locked in a podcast studio <laughs> with you. <laughs> the door's wide open. Locked in a podcast studio. You can see Sarah. Locked <laughs> in a podcast studio. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so Britta keeps kind of going on about... I'd have to take my headphones off. I'd have to not trip over a million cables locked in a studio. We'd have to, we'd have to get by our producer. Uh-huh. Our producer, uh, Chet. <laughs> That's where the, the name came from. Um, Excellent. I had forgotten about... Sorry about that, Chet. Our in-house musician, Mr. Sure, <laughs> and the many things on his desk. I didn't realize the AI was <laughs> so good with community and our podcast. Um, uh, yeah, Britta keeps going on about uh, the robots and goop and goo and cops and stuff. It kind of goes all over the place. And then Shirley just kind of turns turns on the hand dryer so she doesn't have to hear it anymore. I do really like how Shirley just doesn't give a crap at that but she just yeah. hits that hand dryer yeah the face that she gives britta in that moment who britta's not paying attention to her in the slightest is just wonderful at the dean's office they are working on the new human being mascot yes pierce has delivered has uh drawn up a first prototype which looks like pierce as the vitruvian man we don't get to see it thank god it's true because Jeff later compares it to a naked Pierce doing jumping jacks, mm-hmm. which is a thing I don't need to see. And Pierce also mentions that the penis is not quite big enough. I mean, he tries to slip that by me, but I'm I'm paying attention. Paying attention to the penises. Always. You know, I took a life drawing class okay. once in college and for homework we had to draw these uh models in this this book of figures. Sure. And I didn't intend to do it, but I definitely drew the penis way too big. <laughs> Distractibly big. Um, and it was it was in some pretty dark pencil, so I tried I tried to erase it. And it somehow only made it bigger. Um, and then I had to turn Stop it in. Stop agitating it. Uh-huh. I had to I had to turn it in for yeah. a grade. And please tell me you got a D. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I got a C. Oh, um, man. It was so close. Well, C also works. This process, uh, they are trying to figure out how to do this. And they're like, well, okay, but we can't just have this be a white guy because... We are trying to do this as human beings. So all human beings. We can't right. we can't just have it be a white guy. We're not the Greendale blacks or the Greendale Asians, uh, which I do think that this episode's interesting because they are coming at this from a very 
well-intentioned place. Yes. I think I think that's what the the point of the episode is to show that well-intentions lead to interesting answers. Good, good intentions in and of themselves don't solve problems. That's yes, that's true. And also, um if you've seen the episode, the human being yes. comes out of it. So, you know, there's that. But yeah, like like ever like the the statement is good intentions uh that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Jeff comes in at this point and he wants a different poster design because uh, he can't have people seeing this ugly, ugly poster. And frankly, I agree. So does the Dean. That's why he went with full body picture for the mailers. It's just Jeff. And it looks exactly like a picture that uh, would be on a disposable film camera Circa 1998, uh-huh. when you see your friend walk into class and you say, hey, what's up? And then you take a picture and then they are like, whoa, what's going on? It looks exactly like that. Now, I was going to describe it as what you'd see in when you uh, finished. You were you were very good on the 1998 disposable camera, but it's what you'd see after you uh, did the you ran all that for a serial killer. You'd see pictures like that. I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, agree to disagree. Jeff is just flabbergasted. Yeah, he didn't give permission for this, but the dean reminds him that the release agreement is on the back of the registration form, which means he did. And then the dean says, I see why somebody used to be a lawyer up top. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Jeff tries to continue on this conversation. And then after a few moments, gives up and he gives him the high five. This which, is the moment that brought me into the dean. I wait, <laughs> scratch that. Nope, nope, you said it. That's not getting cut from this Honestly, podcast. It's me saying it that way is kind of the Dean as well. It's true. So the resignation on Jeff's face when he realizes he has to high five for that, mm-hmm. especially which is a dig on him. It's so good. It's so good. So I'll get more into this when we get to grades. But I think one of the best things about this episode is that so many different characters, Abed excluded because he's laying right. low. So many characters in this episode get to have real moments with other characters. Sure. We start to see all of the characters not only taking shape unto themselves, but also their relationship with the other people in the show. Yeah. And I do feel like even though the Dean and Jeff have sort of this antagonistic relationship... That one moment where Jeff is just like fine and like gives him the high five, like I feel like that's a moment. Like yeah. they had they had a genuine, if not awkward, <laughs> moment. And that to me sums up the dean and why I'm half dean. Um, but no, I, I totally agree with you there. I think I think the way that the relationships are structured in the first, I mean, we're only in the sixth episode. The fact that the the, the you can start seeing the. Sh- you know, characters being shaped and the relationships being shaped is, is again, and I know that we've been gushing about the beginning of this podcast, but it's, or the beginning of the show, but it's just so incredible that they had all these things going. It, it, it almost feels like it basically came fully formed out of Dan Harmon's mind of this is how this is going to work. It does. It works very well to me. Jeff tells him that if everyone knows he's a student at the community college, it would have a negative impact on his future career. And this is when the Dean realizes he's accidentally backed his way into blackmail. You know, I didn't realize before, but we should send those out to local businesses. Law firms, 
lawyer companies, legal gatherings. You trying to blackmail me? I think so. <laughs> oh, Dean, he's so good. Uh, this is when Pierce comes out of the office with a design for the human being, and Jeff calls it a falcon with a gun. And then Pierce turns it and says, he says, now it's a falcon with an erection. I mean, it's just a gag I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. In the cafeteria, we get the moment where Abed is specifically laying low. Mm-hmm. Um, Shirley is going to the bathroom, uh, but denies Britta's request to join, mm-hmm. which Britta does not take well. Mm-hmm. She runs off, and uh, Annie is still helping Troy with the astronomy homework. Um, and Jeff comes in and says uh, he needs to talk to Troy. They start walking out. I, I, I want to stop you because this is we, we talked a little bit about this while we were watching the episode together. But Tr- Troy jokes that planet Hollywood is the closest planet to the Earth. And, and he's like, well, that's not the right answer. But it shows how astronomy could be so much fun. I don't see how it does that. Um, it doesn't do that. It's Thank a thing. God. It's a thing that an infatuated 18 year old girl who doesn't know how to interact with sure. the boy she likes said because she's trying to shrug off the fact that the boy she likes is incredibly stupid. You're, you're absolutely right. And yet this, the line has just bothered me for years. This line in particular is just like, it's no, this shows nothing. This is a nothing interaction. It's just a thing. It's a crush thing. <sighs> Have you never had a crush on another human I've being? I've had a lot of crushes. A lot of them. Too many for one man. Too many crushes for one man. And you've never said something stupid in that whole time. Oh, I've said something stupid. I haven't had a group of writers crafting me something stupid before. I could do that on my own. Thank you very much. But if someone was trying to write the Mike story. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of dumb things that I say, including all podcasts. And if that writer was like, here's the scene where Mike gets a crush on a cute lady and has to say something to her. What would that writer put in? He wouldn't say Mike turned to the attractive girl he was totally into and said, and then it's like some James Bond line. Well, it probably reads Mike improvs and does a better job than what I could write or falls over. You know, one of the things I'm, I'm not a graceful man. And that was, I was definitely not graceful in middle school and high school. I'll tell you that. Uh, I'm having a bot generate this text. Oh, God. I wrote, Mike turned to the attractive girl he totally <laughs> had a crush on and said, and then it filled in. There's one girl I want to meet, you know, in her mid-20s. She has a sexy profile, an email address. She really likes naughty stuff. <laughs> yep, this is, no, this is better than what I could have brought up. Yep. She replied, well, why don't you email her? Oh, that's a good point. She has a good point. <laughs> You, I specifically wanted a woman no, with an email No wonder address. you have a crush on this girl. She's so smart. He, I need somebody that's smart to keep me in line. He immediately jumped into the thread and introduced himself to the girl. What did he say? Hi, I'm Steve. Yes. Well, yes, you I'm are. Well, so awkward because I'm not Steve. I'm Steven. Thanks for inviting me to meet you. She replied, my pleasure. And I'm not kidding. The last line in this auto-generated text is, Dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) 
So see, it tracks. Even a bot thinks <laughs> this line tracks. I think you're me. making too much of a big deal of it. Okay, I I will I will drop it <laughs> because I. Well, welcome to Good Morning Greendale. I'm Steve. <laughs> I like girls who are naughty and have a good profile and an email address. <laughs> an email address is very important. How else do you contact them? <laughs> it's it. it it's the best way to court a woman, I think. It's through their emails. Mm-hmm. Just make sure it doesn't go to the spam folder. It's see, that's um, the problem. You have to do the. You have to craft some good emails to get out of the spam folder. Boy, my I can feel how red my face is. <laughs> it's pretty after red. That. Um, <laughs> I do love the fact that it called me a dumbass. <laughs> um, oh, even computers now. So, yes, uh, Jeff wants to talk to Troy, and he takes him on a little bit of a walk, and he's like, don't you miss being a quarterback? And really the thing Troy misses is being the best at something, having a coach, knowing what to think. Uh, He does know what to think, and Jeff takes him to the Greendale Thunderdome, which is not a very inspiring football field. The football team sucks. It's not very inspiring. I'll put it that way. It's not. Troy does say is that linebacker a pregnant woman you can meet them later which Um, is such a wild response to that i mean it's classic jeff though he's just like just just roll with it that's true he's very good at rolling it he does give a a very impassioned speech Mm -hmm. none of which i really wrote down he does get troy to throw a football to a wide receiver who is running who nails him in the head and somebody else picks it up and it's like what a great catch I do think an ongoing theme in this podcast is going to be me being like, Jeff gave an impassioned speech. I didn't write down any of it. Yeah. Because all of his speeches are total BS. Sure. And they even he, he says them very handsomely because sure. he is... Very handsome. Very handsome man. Uh, I feel like they, they lean into this kind of feeling as well later on, not to give too many spoilers, but they do they do handle this a little bit. Um, he, do, he does end it with, uh, he calls Troy T-Bone, and, and Troy's <laughs> like, how did you know my nickname is T-Bone? Because you're a football player, and your name starts with T. Your name starts with T. I Which is such a wonderful ending line. Think about this very specific moment of community kind of a lot. <laughs> okay. Because I do think it's really brilliant. It's incredible. It's just like... Because you're a football player whose name starts starts with T. And it's just a thing that pops in. Like, I don't, I work in IT support. Right. Nobody I work with is called T-Bone. I don't have any reason to think about this line, but boom, there it is. I'm just thinking about you're a football player and your name starts with T. You, you, you got you to nickname somebody T-Bone at work. That's just how this works. Right. They also have a quick exchange where Jeff says football's in your blood and uh it's it's very very quick I mean I'm just gonna cut it into the episode okay. here at this point I'm saying you're a football player it's in your blood that's racist your soul that's racist your eyes that's gay that's homophobic that's black that's racist damn it's a wonderful set of quips I'll put it that way I really enjoy it the back and forth it is we also get and I I don't I mean it's such a quick line but I want to point out that when Troy says that Annie says that uh, football's not important, 
Jeff does point out that Annie said that Benjamin Button is compelling. And I think it's important to point out because the thing that this show does kind of a lot is just casually throw shade at other <laughs> media. It's true. It's, it's, it's amazing how they'll just like in a half of a breath be like, Benjamin Button sucked, but with a little right. bit less. Like, I feel like, like one of the writers just, you know, that morning or something uh, got in a fight with somebody about how much Benjamin Button sucked. And They're like, haha, I'm going to put it into my script, right. you jerk. But it's a thing that that community does kind of a lot. And so I think this is maybe the first real instance of it. Possibly. Um, I mean, it, like like you you said, they fly by. In a, in right. A, because unless you're like on it, you're going to miss it. Because they're all just like one little throw it, throwaway line where it's like, well, yeah, Annie thinks that Benjamin Button is compelling. Moved on. Like, yeah, that's the, it. No inspection. No like full deconstruction of it. Just hit it and go. Um, it's kind of how this how this uh, how community works anyway. Right. You there's just too much to do. You have to hit a reference and move on, unless it's the base of the the episode. We cut to just outside of the ladies' room. Britta is sitting on a chair, really mad as Shirley comes out of the bathroom. She's mad about being denied as bathroom companion. She she's upset that she failed yesterday's tryouts and tells her, I don't need to go to the bathroom with other people. I just threw a bone to you. Shirley's like, you can keep that bone. Shirley does give a great speech about how uh, the ladies' room is a place for women to share, listen, support each other, and discreetly el- eliminate waste. Yeah. I mean, she's also upset because that's, you know, she took the stranger side over Shirley, won't talk about her own things, but will insinuate that her mom's a robot. Beep boop, beep borp. Exactly. I, I like I liked the fact that Shirley's like, I even like the fact that you're a little hard. But if you can't learn to be soft in there, you need to be alone. So, okay. Again, we're two white guys yes. doing a podcast. I don't know anything about... The, the only thing dynamics. I know about ladies going to the bathroom together, I learned from 90s comedy routines. Mm-hmm. Like Jeff. Just like Jeff. You know what everybody says about us? We're just like Jeff. But the entirety of the dialogue surrounding this plot with Shirley and Britta, I just love. It is an amazing dynamic. It is so clever. It's very good. I it's 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 a very interesting side side plot because yeah after Shirley says uh, well then you need to pee alone Britta in a very like emotional statement says I've peed alone my whole life because other women don't like me and blah 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 and Shirley's like no 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 you don't do this out here do it in there <laughs> I, I I definitely <laughs> noticed on this watch that the camera swings to include the bathroom in the shot before she points at it. And it's just such a, an amazing, amazing thing that I've never noticed before. And it's, it's just people that just know what they're doing here. It's, it's such a great, it's, I love the show, but I wouldn't be doing a podcast if right. I didn't love it, but it's touches like that. We cut to the cafeteria where Troy is singing, uh, politically conservative, outdated raps. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> which t- I also think of all the community quotes that get just randomly pop in my head. Mm-hmm. Another one from this episode is uh, when Troy starts doing 
hip hop about John Kerry and Al Gore. <laughs> Two outdated references in 2009. <laughs> hip hop, body don't stop, rip aside, got the broom, don't need a mop. Put the team in the box, put a ribbon on top. We're not John Kerry because we don't flip flops. <laughs> It's so good, and I don't. I don't want to take. Uh, they 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 seem to update it uh, at the end of the episode for Nancy Pelosi is no fun, which I really enjoy. Where was that? At, when they're going into the pep rally, it's like Greendale. We are number one. Nancy Pelosi is no fun. I missed that. Yeah, I've never noticed that before. It's it's it clearly that I don't I don't know what uh, if I'm pretty sure Nancy Pelosi like took office around that time. So it's very funny that they updated the politically conservative fight rap song. I did work for uh, the EPA for one summer. Okay. And a guy called in and needed to reset his password. And so I had asked him his security question. And his security question was, who do I hate? And the answer was Nancy Pelosi and like two other Democrats and sure, so okay. he, he was like, guess. Nancy Pelosi. And I'm like, and? And he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was really angry when I had to sign up for this account. <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny to me. Working in tech for the government is all kinds of weird stories. Mm-hmm. My favorite story for working at the USDA was uh, I was resetting a guy's password and and he was having trouble coming up with some very draconian password requirements that we had. Sure. And he's like, man, why do we got to have such complicated passwords? I mean, we just the forest service. We just tracking trees and bears. <laughs> that that guy, that guy stuck with me. Yeah. That- he, he lives in here now. <laughs> There was some wisdom to what he was saying. We, we just we tracking, just tracking trees, trees and bears. And bears. <laughs> Before we move on from Troy's political raps, I do want to uh, just make a quick nod to okay. uh, Annie. Kind of starts to try to talk about her feelings a little bit. She doesn't really, right. but she does sort of insinuate here that her family is uh, bigoted, sure, which is just sort of a thing she kind of slips in there and then doesn't really come back to. Right. I mean, we, we um, will probably get back to that if I remember correctly. But yeah, it's just a little, I mean, they're, they're dropping the little seeds yeah, everywhere. Yeah, you, you get so. some, some characterization. Um, Annie basically tells him, football's bad for you, and Troy's like, Jeff Jeff told me you'd be this way. So Jeff said, what now? We cut to the dean's office. They are building the perfect mascot. No stereotypical identifiers from any race or gender. They have like pictures of all sorts of different stereotypical things on the, the wall, including a human color wheel, which apparently goes from seal to seal's teeth. Right. So this is, I think, where the episode uh, handles this really well, where they're like, by trying to go so far out of the way to be not racist, you have managed to be racist. Yes. And it's a really well done look at how that can happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very clearly like, you know, over the top it is, uh, uh, you know, a comedy show, but it's still like, yeah, like you can go too far so that you swing back around. Like 
it 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 it's really good and and I think that it it when it comes to these kind of things it really knows the has the right viewpoint on it to make it funny but also make it mean something. Right. Because in the same scene um uh Pierce is going to go get coffee and they compare the uh the dean asks for I think it was his, a Desmond Tutu, but just enough uh, cream to make it a Lou Diamond Phillips. Right. So, like, they're comparing coffee right. to skin human color. skin complexion, yeah. which is like, man, you're just so mired in this, where yeah. you're just you're saying these really racist things by tr- under the guise of we are being the exact opposite of racist. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I t- uh, yeah, I, I think Jeff even comes into the creepy situation and says like, I think not being racist is the new racism, right? So, um, but I think it's it's about going too far the other way. The dean also really wants Troy at the pep rally. There's gonna be uh, they're gonna announce the new mascot. Uh, there's gonna be like some scouts and stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be a whole thing. Um, yeah, the the, and dean, then, the dean won't let Jeff uh, destroy the mailers, uh, but they won't be mailed out until the the reporters are there. Also, the dean shouts, my ex-therapist is going to think twice before making fun of my job. I mean, you know, wh- look at what you're doing, dean. I mean, uh, I hope he has a current therapist, because... Oh, man, I sure hope so. He needs it. Out of the quad, Annie jumps out at Jeff <laughs> and accuses him. Also, I have an all-caps note that says, he is really tall compared to her. Yes. How tall is Joel McHale? I believe he's 6'5". Huge. Yes. How tall is Allison Brie? I'm thinking somewhere in the mid five feet. Allison Brie is five foot three. Oh, wow. Even shorter than I thought it was. She and was. And I'm, I'm going to sure double jo- check Joel. Okay, that's terrifying. It knew I was going to look up Joel McHale height. Maybe I did that before. He's six foot four. Okay. So I was, there is a, f- I was a little wrong. There is a 13 inch difference. Mm-hmm. More than a foot. More than a foot. Um, and it kind of makes sense based on. I, I understand that it's height and age don't really correlate at any point, but it kind of exacerbates the he's old and she's uh, it, it, baby. It, it highlights the power dynamic. That is the best way to say what I said, but in a good but way. Better. So thank you for being the person that can turn my words from garbage to gold. Jeff is like the Dean has horrible pictures of me attending this school. And he tells him that Brit is right. You are the most selfish person alive. Uh, and and he's going to tell Troy exactly what kind of friend uh, Jeff is. And Jeff says, you should just tell him that you're hopelessly in love with him. You're just as selfish as I am, but you're just not as good as it yet. Yeah, so they get in a, a whole thing. But the thing that Annie says is that I'll never be as good at you because I care. Mm-hmm. And then she walks away quickly. And Jeff's like, don't try to do the <laughs> thing that women do where they walk away and make the feel, guy feel like crap because it won't work. Damn it. Yeah, it totally works. Absolutely. Has a woman ever done that to you? I mean... Walked away and made you feel bad. I mean... I feel bad in general, so... Did you introduce yourself as Steve? A a man who likes nasty ladies with email addresses. I've I've never done that, thank God. (laughs) Um, uh, No, uh, but I've said some things that make women walk away from me, and I felt bad about saying things. I've also said things that make men walk away from me and I felt bad for saying. I've said a lot of things that I feel bad about saying and I'm and I don't want to think about them now, but I'm sure my brain is going to say, "Hey, at three o'clock in the morning today, it's like, hey, remember that thing you said in the seventh grade? You should feel bad about it now. Oh, yeah. Anxiety. Annie is upset. So she 
comes up to Shirley and is like, Shirley, can you join me in the bathroom? Uh, Shirley passes that torch to Britta. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I love everything about this scene because Annie is like, like she's got this look like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Um, and Britta is like, so nervously like I'm here for you. And she's trying her best. She's like, uh, why, why do men make us feel so bad? I don't know, sweetie. Uh-huh. It's it's so she she definitely wants to go to the anger place of because she knows that it's probably Jeff. Uh and she she does end up going to the anger place of like if Troy doesn't like you, it's him failing your standards and that brings Annie back. It's like, "Oh, that makes sense." It is good advice. She starts out bad, but then she says good things. Yeah. She she did the journey that Dan Harmon always tells you to do. I mean, it helps that in that first part uh she only had righteous indignation but then in the second part having righteous indignation right. is actually the right thing to do so she really didn't change she didn't she just she, she just she waited until it was socially acceptable to have it right which is you know it's a, it's a good strategy it's, 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 sometimes you, that's all we've got if you're not good at catching social cues societal cues and you and you find one for once, then boom, you're there. The best part of this scene is that Shirley kind of sneaks into the bathroom as this conversation's wrapping up. And then uh, they all, you know, Annie's like, oh, you you helped me so much. And then um, Shirley's like, my girl. And it looks like she's going to hug Annie. And then she goes over <laughs> like, and hugs Britta. Even like pushing her away slightly. Uh-huh. And Annie's like <laughs> confused, but also clearly needs a hug. Right. Like, it's oh, it's so good. It is an excellent, excellent payoff to this entire storyline. It's, it's so good. It's like, just so good. I love it. Sometimes you get those B plots where it's like, why was that even in there? Um, I feel like this one is really great because a good B plot, you really need to, it needs to lead to just like a great payoff. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like the A plot always needs to be like, oh, okay, well, like, we learned something today. Yay. Like, good feeling. Sure. B plot's just, like, building a joke throughout, on the side throughout an episode, and then sticking that landing. Yeah. It's all about sticking that landing. They all hold up the, the tens, even the, the East German judge. Whoa, even the East German judge. And then you're also, like. Also, why is he East German now in here 2020? But that, never mind. Um, they're grading episodes from the future. Whoa. So at the pep rally, Jeff has an actual real honest conversation with Troy. He's like, look, man, you know, you don't need to do this. Yeah. He got the most he was ever going to get out of football in high school. And Troy's like, let me tell you something. The keg flip that's cost me a scholarship. I did it on purpose. There was there was going to be scouts and it was just too much pressure. I I took the easy way out, and then but but when Troy saw the field outside the Thunderdome, uh, he saw there wasn't going to be any pressure. I could just play football for the fun of it. Yeah, he also gives Jeff some good advice, which is you know sometimes you should just try accepting where you're at. You know, take a pottery class or something. Um, and outside, Annie is coming to the pep rally with a deploy Troy sign. <laughs> She's like. De- Deploy is something you do in football, right? I was just trying to go for a rhyme. That it is so it's it's amazing to me because she does describe herself, I think, in the first few episodes as a cheerleader. 
Uh, so she. Or am I thinking too later? She had a speech about where she was a cheerleader, but she didn't. She wanted to give up on it. Right. So, so maybe she was competitive cheerleading and not, you know, a cheerleader for the football team. I mean, look, in high school, I was in band, and so I had to play in the pep band at football games, and I picked up precisely zero football from it. Okay, fair enough. You could have been like, yeah, deploy is definitely a thing you do when you're, you know, third and 15. You do that classic deploy. You deploy your best guy. You know what? You deploy. I retract my my suggestion. And I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Also, you're lucky that I know what third and 15 means. (laughs) Fair enough. I retract my uh, statement. Jeff says, uh, you know, well, you know, we were both wrong. And and he says, really? Because I'm an 18-year-old girl that you made cry in public. Um, Yeah, so he's a little bit more wrong at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeff's like, maybe Troy's right. Maybe I should accept being here and just make peace with it. And this is when everyone sees the human being <laughs> oh mascot, which is horrifying. It's terrible. I called it a discount Slender Man. No, I think that's accurate. I think discount Slender Man is pretty much on point. So I, I apologize for, you know, anybody that can picture Slender Man. I apologize for that I, image. I have no addition to the description because it's basically a discount store slenderman i literally honestly am surprised they got it through on nbc it's terrifying it's terrifying um also he can't see and he can't talk so and he apparently can't hear because they are yelling at him from point blank range it's terrifying it's awful but they're like hey we solved racism what's next i didn't catch this yeah, as they're walking up, like Pierce says, we solved racism. But I did, which, I, yeah. Which is like wrong. Absolutely wrong. <laughs> First, let's start with that. Second, uh, I think they say that um, what's next is maybe little people. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think they need this. I, I, they formed a, a super team, Mike, and they're going to solve all the world's problems one terrifying mascot <laughs> at a time. I, you thought Gritty was terrifying? No, just can't. We can't go back to Gritty. No, I, I, I am ride or die on Gritty. I am in on. I'm part of the the Gritty Club. Uh, I am pro Gritty. I do not care who knows it. Jeff and. Annie are going to go watch this pep rally. Mm. It will be a uniquely Greendale experience. And we get another um, milady, my lord mm-hmm. thing, which still weirds me out. It's very odd. Especially as we've indicated this weird power dynamic between a 30-something-year-old, very tall, sexy man. Yes. And an 18-year-old, uh, also quite attractive mm. young lady. Yes. Who has a 13-inch height difference. Yes. It's very weird. Uh, but this is the end of the episode, so we go to the tag, and it's Abed and Troy who have snuck into the uh, dean's office to play with the announcement speaker. I really like how Troy declares himself the disco spider, a little mm. callback to the Bibliotheca rap. Uh-huh. I also like the announcement of butt soup. <laughs> Abed announces that all announcements will be cool starting right now, and since the canon of this podcast is that we are the morning announcements we're cool now thanks abed you did it 
I, I couldn't have done it without him. The security guards come in, and it is a uh, Troy and Abed doppelganger. Yes. To the point where uh, doppelganger Abed starts raising his arm up, and Abed also does it. Uh, and it's it's pretty good. I like the yeah, tag. Yeah, it's not a, bad, uh, not a bad little gag. But that's the end of the episode, and that means finally it is time for... I really like this episode. I think it's really nice to get everybody except Abed kind of into the episode because everyone really gets to be themselves. We finally get an episode where we get a lot of Troy. We get a lot of interplay between a lot of the characters. We get... Uh, we get Annie and Troy, we get Annie and Jeff, we get Britta and Shirley, we get Pierce and the Dean, we get the Dean and Jeff, like there's so much web of character interaction. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where this show really shines because it's, it's a lot of very clever writing and very witty dialogue. And so finally getting all those characters to to do all their own stuff it's great i love love the ladies room b plot which sounds like i'm talking about a bad porno but in this episode of community i love the ladies room b plot it's very funny yes the human being thing is terrifying yes but it sets up that mascot for the rest of the series which is great uh, i mean it's great that this horrifying thing keeps showing up sure yes the the main plot is of course of course our first introduction to really giving troy a lot of meaty parts yeah. so with all that said i think this episode is great it gets an a from me Okay. If you weren't already into the series by now, if this one doesn't do it for you, like maybe this show's not for you. Right. Because I think this is all the earlier episodes, also good, but this is one is where it's really like, and here's the landing, and now we're just yeah. doing our thing. So I really love it. An A from me. Yeah. I, I don't have many points of uh disagreeing with you here. I, I think this is really like the first flex of the muscles of what community should and is going to be. Um, I think it's, it's really well done. Um, I, I can, I don't want to speak for too much on this, but I can only speak from my own perspective. And I think that the point of view around the, the race uh, discussions is, is possibly not hammered home enough from the, you know, the, cause you kind of get, you're kind of watching it from Pierce's and the Dean's viewpoint sometimes, where I think Jeff and possibly somebody else coming up and saying, you know, hey, this is wrong, could have been a, a you, know, you could have added a couple more lines to make it a little bit more concrete. But I mean, I can only speak from my perspective. And I think sure. even with what they did do, um, with where Jeff is calling it, you know, trying not to, too hard to not be racist is the new racism. I think that's that's pretty clear. Um, I think I think it's I, I agree with you. The plots are fantastic the the way that the characters intermingle with each other you get a lot of the the character development of how these these characters will align and how they'll talk and how they'll communicate and and react to one another and i think i think honestly this is probably the very first one that is you know this is what community should be 
Um, so I agree with you. It's an A. Excellent. Uh, we also want to know what you, the listener, think about this episode. Mm-hmm. So, or the so many things that we talked about that I don't remember. So yet. many challenging, challenging concepts. We want to know all those things and more. You can get in contact with us many ways. They are all on our website. So go to goodmorninggreendale.com. They're all there. You can talk to us on Twitter. We're both on the Twitter a lot. Uh, so that is at goodgreendale. And yeah, we want to wanna hear from you. So um, I think that we've done more than enough here. Far too much, some would say. So I think I have nothing else to add. I think that's going to do it for us. Sounds good to me. Uh, this was our first live recorded episode. $5 and up Patreon patrons get to listen to us do a live episode once a month. We were joined by longtime fan from our previous podcast, uh, super fan Laura, joined us and we we talked an awful lot about a lot of stuff that got cut from this episode. Yes. Uh, she got to enjoy all of that by listening in. So if you two would like to do that, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash back to Futurama because I never changed it. Uh-huh and uh, become a patron. And it's important to note that, you know, Ben mentioned that it's a live recording, but it's also the live and uncut recording is uploaded immediately after we're done. So you can hear all the stuff that gets cut as well. Just let, you know, you'll just be a little time delayed. And and also uh, we, as always, we love everyone that comes to the end of these things. Um, We appreciate you, uh, whether or not you, you donate to our Patreon or not, uh, because, you know, uh, you came to the end of one of these and you've given us a lot of your time. So thank you. We, we appreciate it very much. Yeah. So uh, anyways, that's going to do it for us for reals this time. Until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Steve. I, I wish, wish you luck. luck.